In today's show, we're looking at Friday's action. There are 11 games on. We're going to talk about streaming. We're going to talk about the Chunkies. <laughs> the Chunkies. Yep. I'll talk about what that is in a second. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack, JoshLloyd48.substack.com. That's free. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's lots to talk about. We've got 11 games. We're going to look at streaming and look at back-to-back. We're going to look at the Chunkies, which is looking at the next five days and what we can pay attention to in those next five days. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards Hornets' first game. The Wizards are two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Rui's out. Dylan Wright is out. Gordon Haywood is out. Lamelo Ball is out. We don't have an update yet on old mate, the Woodslanger, Dennis Smith Jr. So we don't know whether he is going to be available to play. It'd be good to get that information. We just don't know that yet. Um, on the Wizards side of things, we want to watch Monty Morris now. I think he's pretty clearly a drop, but maybe things change. Maybe he goes back and plays 30 minutes a night. That's really, really unlikely. But we're always wanting to watch. Like a starting point guard, what is your role? Starting point guards are valuable in fantasy if they play 30 minutes. If they dick around and play 24 minutes, then they're not. But if he pushes to 24, then yeah, that's interesting. Also, I want to watch Denny Avdia who's seen his minutes reduced under twenty, the la- under 30 the last two games, under 20 in one of them, even though Rui Hachimura is out, which is frustrating because we've seen Denny have value in those games where Beal was out or Kuzma was out, and there should be really a path for him to play 30 minutes a night. But Wes Unsell's not doing that, and that leaves Denny as a streamer or a deeper league player. For the Hornets, I want to see what Jalen McDaniels does. He's going to start with Haywood and Ball out. He'll play 30 minutes like he has the last two games. But if Rogier returns, is there actually use in him long-term? I don't believe so. But I do think that he's worth a look. But there are other guys who are pushing in, like Kai Jones, who's played 20-plus the last two games. And that's making it interesting. Jones is more of a four than a five. And, you know, he's almost exclusively a four, really. And, yeah, his minutes can impact what uh, McDaniels does. Also, watch Big Dick Nick. Nick Richards' last three games have given us 20-plus minutes. I think he probably needs 24 minutes and maybe as a starter, to be a 12-team league guy. But if you believe that this trend of going from 17 to 20 is a harbinger, harbinger? Is harbinger only for negative things or positive things? I don't remember. Anyway, is it an indication that he's going to push to 24 minutes and replace the cockroach Mason Plumley? I don't believe it is, but it is possible. And the minutes have consistently been up these last three games. So yeah, is it worth grabbing Richards? I'm not 100% against it, but... Yeah, let's see. Does he go back and play 16 minutes in this one? But he's an interesting player, for sure. Rogier should be back. He's probable he missed the last game due to illness. The next game is the Raptors and the Nets. The Nets are two-point favorites. Otto Porter is out. Precious Achua is out. Ben Simmons is out. Yuta Watanabe is out. Chris Boucher is off the injury report, as is Tony Warren. For the Raptors, what we want to see is Thad Young. Does he start? 
And then what did the minutes look like? Because last game he did start, but he didn't start the second half. Coloco did. And there were just so many options there, even though Porter and Achura are still out. It could be Coloco. It could be Boucher. It could be Juancho Hernan Gomez. That all these could be Ken Birch, bloody, who could get minutes there. It could be Delano Banton who gets minutes. Everyone's six foot nine on this team. So if Young's a 26-minute-a-night player, then yeah, he can be a 12-team league guy. If he's a 20-minute-a-night guy, he isn't. Let's get a data point. If you want to drop him, no problem. Um, let's watch Gaz Trent. Last game was great. And what we need to look at with Trent is you'll look at that last game and go, wow, 35 points, 33 minutes. That's great. Off the bench is great. He's going to be able to get as many shots as he wants. But, but what we want to see is what he actually does in this game. Because in the last game, Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet combined to play 40 minutes. It is more likely that Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet each play 40 minutes than it is that they combine for 40 minutes in a game as we move forward. And if those guys combine, or if those guys play 40 minutes each, or 35 minutes each, or 36 minutes each, where does Trent fit in? Can he play 33 off the bench? Or is he going to be a 25-minute-a-night guy off the bench? Which makes his value very, very um, hard to trust. For the Nets, Tony Warren, he's back. I, I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league player. But I get adding him, right? I understand it because you've got an association with the name. We've seen him be good in the past. He hasn't played for two years. Um, and even then, like he wasn't ever like a top 40 sort of a guy. He's more like a top 70 player. And he's not going to be the number one offensive option or number two offensive option on this team. But I get it, right? If you're dropping someone who's not very good, Monty Morris, and you want to take a flyer on TJ, I get it. It's like name brand value. It's like adding Kemba Walker. It's like adding Dennis Schroeder. These guys are names that can be flashy, can put up big numbers. I don't think any of them are 12-team league guys, but I understand the urge to add them or the idea to say, oh, let's see. And I, that's let's seeing is actually a fine strategy. Just got to be careful who you drop. Someone told me today that someone in their league dropped John Collins. Ridiculous. Someone asked me today, should they drop Carl Anthony Towns? Are you joking? So you know, dropping those guys to try TJ Warren is insane. Dropping Ayo Desumu is fine because I don't think Desumu's got value. If you want to drop Pokiszewski for TJ Warren, I get it. I wouldn't. That's that's taking a flyer. I, I try to look at everything with probabilities, and I say, look, there's not a 50% chance that TJ Warren's a 12-team league guy. In fact, I think it's probably a 5% chance, and I'm not sure that's actually worth it because even at best-case scenario, is he like the 90th? Is the best-case 90th best player? 5% chance of even getting to that? 2% chance of getting to that? I don't know if it's worth it, but we want to see it. We also want to see Joe Harris, who started the last game with Simmons out. He should do that again. Minutes have been up, and he really has neutrified? No, nullified. Neutralized. What the fuck's going on? Um, Seth Curry. So how the Harris-Curry uh, minute split goes is important. Heat, Celtics, no... Um, no, what's his name for this one? No spread at this point. Victor Oladipo is out. The Rock DJ, Rob Williams, is out. On Boston side of things, there's no other injuries. Jalen Brown did miss a couple of games ago, but he looks to be okay. On Miami, of course, every kid in the world is on the injury report. Jimmy Butler's questionable. Deadman's questionable. Jovic is questionable. Highsmith is probable. Duncan Robinson's probable. Gabe Vincent is probable. Max Struess is probable. And Tyler Hero is, you're going to be shocked to hear this, probable. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. So they're basically going the Lakers route and just dropping everyone on the injury report. Makes it hard for us to work out what's going on, but the probable guys are going to play. On the Heat side of things, I want to see Max Struess because he's been a little bit up and down, but his minutes have been through the roof because there's been somebody out, either Hero or Butler or Vincent or Robinson or all of them, and that's enabling big minutes. But where does he fit if Butler plays and everyone else is ready? 
is he useful enough in that role of a 29-minute bench player? That's what we want to watch. And the same goes for Caleb Barton, whose minutes went 38, 43, 35, 40, 40, 38, 41, and then 24. And we've got Butler coming back. So does he go back to pre-ridiculous injury report Caleb Martin, where he's a 29-minute a night top 170 player? I think probably yes. I would hold him, but I don't think it's going to be good. For Boston, Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. He's been solid. Don't let Yahoo's rankings fool you where it says he's the 38th ranked player based on total value. Because if you believe that, then you're going to have a bad time constructing a fantasy team. telling you now. But... There's enough value in him, 29, 26, 31, 25, 25 minutes the last five games. That's really useful. If he gets 25 plus, he can be 12 team back end. But the problem is we've seen him have like 18 and 19 minutes on a fully healthy squad. So we want to see sort of where it sits because last game we only got 28 Jalen Brown minutes with the neck and with some foul troubles. So if he plays his usual 36, that's eight more minutes. Do they come from, well, they can't really come from Hauser because he barely played. Do they just come from Brogdon or White? And do they put them to 21 minutes a night? And making them useless. That's what we want to watch. I also want to watch Jalen Brown and his neck. Is it going to cause him any more missed time? That That is a slight concern. Well, yeah, I think you have to be concerned when a player like that is dealing with injury. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports. The Trojans taking on the Utes in the Pac-12 championship game. We're three-point favorites, the old Trojans. Should we, should we get that win? Yeah, I reckon. And then push ourselves into the college football playoffs. If you want to check out all the odds for college football championship week, it's all over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Lakers Bucks. Um, Joe Ingles is out, but the Lakers, just as I'm recording this, had an injury update on a few players. So, of course, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are probable. Troy Brown has been upgraded to probable, but Dennis Schroeder has appeared on the injury report. He is questionable for personal reasons, while Lonnie Walker is also questionable after being a late scratch last game. Hello. On the Buck side of things, well, Chris Middleton's back. Well, he's listed as probable, so he's back. Um, we'll see. Do they play him low minutes in his return? They've got a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Does he sit on Saturday? I'm not convinced that he does, but it's possible. Um, Ingles is out. Barker's questionable, and Beauchamp is questionable, but those guys are not going to play. In terms of the Lakers side of things, I don't believe Dennis Schroeder is a 12-team league guy. I think he's proven that he's not a 12-team league guy. If he does play and Lonnie Walker plays, who goes to the bench? Is it Beverly? Is it Schroeder? Is it Walker? I think it's probably going to be Beverly. But I want to see how Schroeder fits. I think he's a horrendous fit with Westbrook and not a great fit with LeBron, to be honest. I also want to watch Austin Reeves, who is making a pretty solid case to be the Lakers' third best player. In fact, I reckon he's already made that case, and it's pretty clear. He played 35 minutes last game. He's had almost 30 minutes in five consecutive games. There was 129-minute game in there. In fact, over the last nine, he's dipped under 30 just twice. And yes, there were injuries. LeBron was out there. Uh, Schroeder missed a couple of those games. Beverly was suspended. But they should be giving him 30 a night. This starting Troy Brown bullshit. Even starting Lonnie Walker over Reeves is ridiculous. Reeves is a good 14-team league option, I think. But I want to see if he can push into 12 teams. I think he's a really good player. For the Bucs, we want to watch Chris Middleton. It's his first game for the season. Is he rusty? What do his minutes look like? What does it do for Portis and Lopez? And then we want to watch Lopez. How does that impact him? He's been ridiculous. It's not impacting Brook Lopez's blocks. It just isn't. Like, that's not changing his block numbers. But what... Oh, sorry. It's not changing his block rate. 
He might drop his minutes because he's playing 31 a night. I reckon they'd feel more comfortable with him playing 29. And the way they can do that is that they don't need to use Bobby Portis at the four as much. So Portis can push up and play more backup center minutes because Middleton's there. We don't have to play those Giannis, Portis, um, Lopez lineups together because Middleton's there. And instead of playing Wes Matthews or Jordan Wara, you've got Chris Middleton, meaning you don't have to push Giannis down a position to get your better players on the court, which means that the Portis is going to have reduced minutes on the court. And the only way to do get him back to 24 is to reduce Brook Lopez's playing time. I want to see whether they actually do that or not, or whether I'm just delusional in thinking that they value Portis maybe more than they do. The Nuggets and the Hawks. The Hawks are one and a half point favorites here. Um, Jeff Green is out, and I believe they have also updated this to say that Maga Porter Jr. is out. Yep, Jeff Green's actually doubtful. Jamal Murray, the headmaster, he is probable with a quadricep injury, so we, we definitely have to pay attention to that. While the Hawks have also updated their injury report, John Collins is out. Deonre Hunter is out. Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable. The uh, the Kerner, Clint Capella, is questionable. Lisa needs braces. This time it's his foot. It's not his teeth. Jalen Johnson is questionable. Justin Holiday is out. Frank Kaminsky is questionable. So when you look at Collins, Hunter, Capella, Johnson, and Kaminsky, or either all out or questionable, their big man stocks are nothing. There is nobody there. So you might get big minutes for Jarrett Culver. Um, for the Nuggets, Bruce Brown with Maga Porter Jr. He's a clear, clear must roster play. We'll talk more about him later. I also want to watch Vlaco Chanchar, who is playing well. And he's better than DeAndre Jordan. And he's playing better than Zeke Naji. And he's better than Jeff Green. And with Green out and with Porter out, Chanchar is at least a deeper league guy. For the Hawks, this is a big opportunity for AJ Griffin. Really love the stream here of Griffin. And it's an opportunity for Culver. Like, Okongwu is going to be an option if Capella is out. But if Capella plays, I don't think they play them together. But with Collins out, there is a real chance here that Jarrett Culver is a starter next to AJ Griffin um, for this game. And that would mean, at least in 14-team leagues, there's stream value there. They could also start Jalen Johnson, but he's dealing with an ankle problem. So there's just a ton of uncertainty here with this Hawks team. The Magic and the Cavs. For the Cavs, they're nine and a half point favorites. Wendell Carter Jr. is out. And he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, which is obviously not great. I would not drop Wendell Carter Jr., but it's not a good situation. Jalen Suggs is questionable. Gary Harris is questionable. Trimmer KK is questionable. And Mo Bumba is questionable, while Lord Voldemort is out. On the Cavs side of things, I don't believe we've had an update there. I think Jarrett Allen and Kevin Love are still questionable, along with Lamar Stevens. So we haven't had that update yet on those guys. For the Magic, I want to see what Markel Fultz can do. I thought he looked really good in his 16 and a half minutes. What do they push his minutes restriction to? And when do they let him roll? And is he, is he going to be a 30-minute-a-night player? I find that hard to believe 30. But 25 at least, like I was really impressed with what he did. He's fine to add. There's still a lot of confusion on the rotation, but he's fine. And then I watch Paolo Bunkera, and mainly I want to watch, can this bloke get some defensive stats or not kill you in percentages? Because that's what's been hurting. That's why he's so far down the rankings over the last couple of weeks. The scoring is great, but the efficiency stuff is really starting to have an impact. For the Cavs, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. He was really good last game. I don't really trust that at all. Um, but when Love, Stevens, Allen are all out, there's an opportunity there for him. This was a, a game where Don Mitchell only played 26 minutes because it was a blowout. So on a competitive game, which it might not be, you know, where does Levert sit? I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. I don't think Dean Wade is either, but I think he is a deeper league player. For the Sixers and the Grizzlies, Memphis is five-point favorites here. Um, in terms of injuries, Des Bain remains sidelined. Zaya Williams is out. Jim Harden is out. Tangles Tyrese Maxey is out. And the Thick Hogsman, 
Tobias Harris had to leave last game with an illness. He hasn't had a status updated yet, but I do think that he will be available to play. But I'm just going to list him as questionable at this point. For the Sixers, we're just looking at Milton and Melton. Shake did drop some value last game. Melton has been in a three-game slide. I think we just hold them until we get Harden and Maxi back. And then after Harden returns, we reassess the value of Shake and DeAnthony. On the Grizzly side of things, I want to watch Dylan Brooks because I hate myself, but also want to see, can like this bloke ever rein it in? Can he? I don't think so. I think there is some punt field goal ability at the moment while Bain is out. But if this bloke has one game where he takes more shots than Bain and Jackson when they when uh, Bain returns, I'm going to lose my mind. I also watch Jar Morant, who, I don't know. He's, he's a really good player, quite clearly. But there are just some times where that inefficiency stuff is a real negative impact in fantasy. So uh, is there any indication that he can fix it? Not, not really, unfortunately. Let's go to the next game. This one's pretty intriguing. The Pelicans and the Spurs. The Pelicans are seven-point favorites here, but there's a lot of guys who aren't going to play. Herbalife Jones, doubtful. Brandon Ingram, doubtful. Najee Marshall, questionable. Christian James McCollum, questionable. For the Spurs, there's no Pirtle. There's no Sohan. Josh Richardson, questionable. Doug McDermott, questionable. Blake Wesley, out. So, on the Pelican side of things, with no Ingram and no Jones, Dyson Daniels will get minutes. Will he get the 30 that he got last game or the 27 he got the game before that? How much does CJ McCollum affect Daniels? I don't know. What I do know is that Daniels is really good and that he should be able to get those minutes that those two guys are playing. Now, we know Trey Murphy is going to get his 35. That's fine. But there are a ton of minutes there for Daniels and he should be prioritized over Najee Marshall and over Devontae Graham. So let's see what they do with him. And then I also want to watch Zion Williamson because he's bloody good. And he is starting to put together some really, really interesting games. Field goal percentages up, free throws are up, defensive stats are up. Is that real? Can it stick? Or are we going to go back and get a 20-7 and seven game with 0-3-0 assists? Or not 0 assists. 0-3-0 steals, 0 blocks on 40% free throws. Like That'll kill his value. I'm still really excited about what Zion could bring. He's top 10 over the last week. And we're starting to see some big, big steps forward. For the Spurs, with Sohan out, I expect that Kata Bates-Diop will start. And that makes him at least a solid stream option. Whereas Zach Collins, who will start in place of Pirtle, is a must-roster player. At least while Pirtle is out, and then we'll see how long Pirtle... Well, actually, once Pirtle returns, he won't be must-roster, but let's see how long that's for. So we want to watch what Collins and Bates-Diop can do as that front-court pairing. Pace is jazz. Um, Utah four-and-a-half-point favorites. Olme Cristowate is out again with that ankle problem. Jalen Smith copped a whack in the face. He wasn't able to finish that last game, which was actually a really good game for him. Um, I'm going to list him as questionable at this point. We don't have an official update there, nor do we know whether Mike Conley or Rudy Gay are going, is going to play Gay's but Gay's got to be pretty close to returning here. Well, Conley, they've uh, won just one game since Conley's been out. And obviously, if he returns, it's going to impact Colin Sexton. For the Pacers, we do actually want to watch Sticks, Jalen Smith. Stand by your man! Because two of his last three games have been what we sort of anticipated when he was drafted. The problem is nearly every other one of his games has been dreadful. But is this trend enough to grab? Like, would I add Jalen Smith or TJ Warren? Jalen Smith, I would. Because he's got a clear role. Whether he can hold that role or be consistent enough is probably the biggest question mark that we've got for today. But it was good. Andrew Nembhard will probably start. He started last game over Neesmith. He's not really a 12-team league guy. He's more of a 14-team league guy. But for where he was drafted, he's he really good. And for the Jazz, like Colin Sexton, is he going to play 28 minutes even if Conley's back? Because the trend was no. He was playing like 22, 23. 
And someone like Nikhil Alexander-Walker is actually starting to play well also. And does that have an impact on Sexton's minutes? How they use him will be really intriguing if Conley returns. Also want to watch Walker Kessler, who's one of the best shot blockers in the league. The problem is he doesn't do enough in any other category to be must roster, but blocks are bloody hard to find. And if you need blocks, there's no one better who's out there than Walker Kessler, I don't think. So that might work for your team. So let's see, does he play 20 minutes or does he play 10 minutes? Or does he play 15 minutes? Because if he doesn't get blocks, he's actually useless. And I don't actually think he's going to overtake Jared Vanderbilt, but maybe he does. Maybe he does. Um, Rocket Suns. 11 point, 11 and a half point favorites the Suns are. Cam Johnson's out. The wild thing, Jason Tate is out. We don't have an update on Chris Paul. Um, I, I, I think there's a chance he doesn't play here. What the Suns tend to do is they don't bring players back on minutes restrictions. They wait until there's no restrictions and they bring them back. So that's probably the delay here with Paul. We'll find out. For the Rockets, I want to watch Tari preseason, who is continually limited by the worst coach in the NBA so that um, Eric Gordon, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think KJ Martin's an inferior player to Tari Eason as well. I think KJ Martin's a better player than Eric Gordon. But these minutes of like, you have under 20 minutes for four straight games for Eason is really frustrating, especially with Tate on the sidelines. So I want to see if Silas comes to his senses. He won't, but I want to see what Eason can do in those minutes. And also, I do want to watch KJ Martin, who I think is a, is a good player, but the playing time, 34, 14, 28, 19. You know how people say, oh, this guy, he's got a haircut you can set your watch to. I can't set my watch to anything here. If I was setting my haircut to this guy's watch, I'd end up looking like Reggie Bullock. No offense to Reggie. So what Martin's playing time is, is anyone's guess. For the Suns, DeAndre Ayton's been dominating recently. The thing we want to know is, is this because Chris Paul is out? Is the extra aggression because Chris Paul is out? Is the extra rebounds because Chris Paul is out? Probably not. Is the usage, the shot attempts, the free throw aggression, is that because Chris Paul is out? Maybe. And that's what we need to know. Has Aiden actually turned the corner? Or is this just a, oh, I better step up because one of the good players is out. And then when Chris Paul comes back, he goes back into his show. It's a key question. Also, Damian Lee has been an excellent three-point streamer. And if you need threes, this is, he's one of those guys you put in that mix with like a Malik Beasley that can come in here and hit him. Bulls Warriors. It's the last game of the day. Then we'll do some streaming stuff. Warriors are seven-point favorites because the Bulls are trash. Lamelo Ball, not Lamelo. Well, Lamelo Ball is out, but this one's Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is out for the Bulls. Um, and for the Warriors, I don't believe they've got any injuries. But this is the first of a back-to-back. They play the Rockets on Saturday. Highly don't, you know, Clay's not going to play in that game against the Rockets. Maybe they sit everyone else. I think they'd probably keep these their guys playing on Friday. For the Bulls, Pat Williams, he's just a consistent disappointment. Like there was a little stretch where he was putting up good numbers. If you want to roster him, by all means, Javante Green's lost all momentum, so he's not taking that role away from Pat. But Pat's doing jack shit in most of his minutes. Well, let's watch to see where there's any reason to hold. I also want to watch the skater boy, Zach Levine. I still can't put my finger on it. He just doesn't look right. He's just disappointing us. Efficiency's down. Usage isn't where it was two years ago. Is it his knee? Is he done as that top 25 player? I have to think yes, but we'll find out. For the Warriors, Jordan Poole has been a little bit better coming off the bench. And he, look, the last two games have been, you know, well, actually not true. The Mavericks game was was a close one, but there's been a lot of double-digit games for the Warriors, four straight prior to that game against the Mavericks. And he's playing better. Let's see whether that sticks. And then Johnny Kaminga played 26 minutes last game, 20 the game before that. I've been critical of Kaminga because he does make dumb passes and terrible turnovers. 
but I thought he played really well against the Mavericks. And he was he enabled them, or they limited Kevon Looney, so Kaminga could play more. And that's going to be something to watch. Is Kaminga a 24-minute-a-night guy? Can he be that moving forward? I don't think so. But if you wanted to add him for a Friday-Saturday back-to-back where Clay's going to be out and he probably plays more minutes on that Saturday, and maybe they sit everybody, it's not a bad idea to add old uh, the cum bucket, John Kaminga. Yeah, not a bad idea. Looking at back-to-back streams, you can throw Kaminga into this list. I just don't exactly know where he fits. And he can be really inefficient. But these guys are back-to-back options Friday, Saturday. You might not have streaming ability for Friday. That's fine. Kevon Looney, Thad Young, Tari Eason, Grayson Allen, Walker Kessler, Javon Carter, KJ Martin, and the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. Kaminga just sort of underneath that line. Looking for Friday options. These guys are all available in over 50% of advanced leagues. Larry Nance, Jose Alvarado, Kevon Looney, Kata Bates-Diop, Dyson Daniels, the Dustbuster, Tari Preseason, Grant Williams, and Thaddeus Young. If you're looking for deeper formats, these guys are all available in 90% of leagues. Bates, Diop, and Daniels are available everywhere. They're a massive stream for Friday. Um, Smoker Joe Harris, AJ Griffin. I reckon Griffin moves into the standard league um, situation now that Hunter and Collins are out. You can also replace Griffin's name on this list with um, Jared Culver as well. Um, and maybe even Jalen Johnson. Damian Lee's a streamer. Eric Gordon maybe is a streamer. Andrew Nembhard. And yes, John Ray Jordan, if you're looking for rebounds in deep leagues, he's a streamer. For points leagues, for Friday, we've got Zach Collins, must roster. The Cockroach Mason Plumley, must roster. John Conchar, must roster. Jalen McDaniels, probably must roster. Uh, or actually, short-term roster. Jose Alvarado, good streamer. Dennis Schroeder, if he plays, there's maybe value there. I'm not really keen on that though. Caleb Martin, yeah, add him. Um, and Kevon Looney. Until Martin shits the bed, which could be Friday. And then we look at the Chunkies. So over the next five days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, next week, Friday's a high volume day, and the next four days are low volumes. You can stream Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday coming up. So who are guys who have got some interesting schedules? Dorian Finney-Smith, the Mavericks again striking with a good schedule. Three low volume games for Finney-Smith over the next five nights. You can apply that to Tim Hardaway. You can apply that to Josh Green for deeper leagues. You can apply that to extraordinarily deep leagues for Dwight Powell, I guess. But the Mavericks have three low-volume low days in the next five days. Three low-volume games in the next five days. And then there's a bunch of guys here who play two low-volume days, do two low-volume games over the next five who are worth looking at. Johnny Conchard, Timmy Hardaway. Oh, no, sorry, Hardaway's got three. I don't know why I said two there. Bruce Brown, Bones Highland, Malik Monk. Malik Monk, yeah. Alexei Pokashevsky and Lou Dort. And then if we look at the next five days, just from a bulk standpoint, who's got the good schedule? Zach Collins, I think you need to add him. There's only two games over the next five days, but he's going to be startable in both of those. Same with Trey Murphy. And same, I think, with Kyle Anderson. Even though they've only got one game in the next five days, the Wolves, and it's on Saturday, you add him, and I think his value is high enough to hold. And John Conchal's got three games over the next five days, and he's going to be startable even if it's a high-volume one. The other guys, though, on that list are players who, if you have got limited ads and you want to preserve, their little three-game boost is important here. As I said, John Conchar's on both lists. I don't know why I put him there twice. Bruce Brown, three games over the next five nights. Bones Highland, three games over the next five nights. Tory Craig, three games over the next five nights. And that is useful. And I hope that segment was useful for you. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. Thumb it up, leave a comment, YouTube, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.